people of the Central Michigan area, it's time for Spock Sports Show on 92.3 FM and AM 830 WMMI. Here is your source for mid-Michigan sports. He is the one and only Mr. Chris Spockman. Chris Bachman with you on another edition of Spock Sports Show. I'm joined by Bubba McLean. And, Bubba, I think you're you're my most featured guest on Spock Sports Show, so I don't know if that's an apology or a congratulations for that, man. But thanks for joining me as we kind of do a review of girls' high school hoops here. Absolutely. It's always an honor and a privilege for me to uh, be able to talk about our area youth sports, especially high school athletics. And so you've been able to coach varsity boys basketball. I know you coach varsity boys golf. You're part of the varsity football staff. And I'm not sure if you've done more than that, but now you've been coaching ninth grade girls basketball. How's that been different than your other coaching jobs? And if I've missed one in there, go ahead and fill it in. I actually coached tennis too at Mount Pleasant years ago, but that's right. just because they were really desperate for a JV coach. So that was, that was like 20 years ago. But yeah, I mean, I had a chance to uh, coach freshman girls basketball this year at Mount Pleasant, and that was something new to me. I've always coached boys, but I felt like, you know what? I know a lot of these girls. They're great kids. They come from great families, something that I'm really excited about because I've I've been out of the sport for a couple of years, and I was eager to get back. So I had the opportunity from from Rachel and Mr. Conway, and so I was able to do that this year. And it was, I tell you what, Chris, it was one of the more rewarding experiences of my life because, I mean, basketball is basketball. It doesn't matter what level it is. But one thing I was really excited about this year was eagerness and the readiness of our student-athletes, our freshman girls at Mount Pleasant, to be able to kind of learn from me in terms of some of the things that I've been able to learn over my career as far as X's and O's. But really, it was just it was an easy transition because the young ladies came to practice every day and I said it already before, they were eager to learn to get better and to kind of like push that needle, if you will, to uh, get our program better. So it was a little different in terms of the intensity for the first couple of weeks because I'm pretty intense as it is, and I think there was an adjustment period for me. But in the long term, we finished 9-5, and five, and I think all of our goals that we set at the beginning of the season, we were able to, to check off because of their willingness to come in and learn every day. All right, you and I are always talking about multi-sport athletes, multi-sport coaching. Do you feel you kind of get the same benefits that those athletes do? Obviously, it's not, you know, working the muscle, but working that brain muscle. Does doing different coaching jobs help you with the others, you feel? I think so, because ultimately coaching comes down to a couple different things, and one of them is strategy. I think no matter what, no matter what sport it's going to be, no matter what discipline you are going to have in terms of sport, you're always going to have that one little – component with your strategy whether it's football whether it's basketball whether it's golf I mean it's it, the mental part of things are, is going to be there as well but for me the strategy I guess one to the next to the next kind of helps each other in terms of preparation and being able to get the most out of your student athletes because again at the end of the day sports is sports it's just a question of how how you're able to relay that to each individual sport kind of tailored to the way you coach. So I think, you know, football and basketball are very similar in some regard. I mean, football is the ultimate strategy game because you're able to kind of throw something out there at a team, whether it's offensively or defensively. Basketball is the same thing, but it's such a it's such a change of pace in terms of possessions. And then golf, for me, it's just like you're able to teach them certain things that you take from each one of those sports and see them go out on the playing field or the golf course in this case and able to kind of just put everything together and be successful. 
You know, and for anyone that dogs on girls' high school hoops, you and I have had the pleasure of watching a lot of it, watching some great games and watching some great players and some great teams. Have you had a chance to sit, you know, some of our friends, I'm sure you run into the same thing, you try and get them to go to the games. It's like, no, this is great basketball. You need to come watch. Why would you tell someone to go watch a girls' high school hoops games? Well, one, I think, for me, I mean, there's less, I mean, there's, there's a great athleticism now in girls' basketball, obviously, with some of the girls that we have in the state of Michigan. And even if you look at the women's NCAA tournament, you had a girl that dunked the ball for Stanford in their game. But I think more importantly than anything, I think the fundamentals, are further along than the boys' game in terms in terms of dribbling and passing and shooting and just relying on each other, your teammates. I think boys' basketball has become more of a one-on-one or a two-on-two type of game, whereas girls' basketball is still a five-on-five game, and that's the way I was brought up. So for me, coaching girls has been rewarding because you're able to get all five players involved at any specific time, whether whether you're press, pressing on defense, whether it's a an offensive play that you found that you feel like you can take advantage of the other team's weaknesses. In, in boys basketball, there's just there's so much athleticism now, so much individual talent on the court. It's refreshing to be able to go back to the old school way of thinking and the old way old school way of coaching. Excuse me, to be able to kind of pinpoint kind of a weakness in someone's defense, sort of speak, if you will, um, and teach the girls kind of what type of an angle you need to have on a pass what type of a pass you need to make uh if they're coming at you it's just and i think the listening in all honesty i think the maturity level maybe is a little bit better with the girls maybe i'm wrong but that's kind of one of the things i saw when i think about myself back in high school i think i can agree with you i think about myself back in high school bubba sorry to cut you off i think i can agree with you on the maturity level (laughs) yeah and again it was refreshing too this year i mean I, i had a very high level um, I guess you can say intelligence on my freshman girls team this year at Mount Pleasant. And our JV team was super intelligent. I mean, Jason McIntyre coached them. We all know how good of a coach he is. And then obviously Rachel coached the varsity girls team. I just feel like the, the IQ is getting better and better. I think, I think we're bridging the gap between girls and boys. I mean, I still love coaching boys. It was one of the things I always wanted to do. But this, this year gave me the opportunity to really kind of step back and kind of unzip myself and become a new coach in terms of how I did things. Uh, and it was able to kind of bring me down from a, uh, I guess from a, uh, I don't know, a competitive perspective. I mean, it's still there, but you have to kind of reel yourself in sometimes because you do have to coach things a little bit differently and you have to slow down and you have to teach things a little bit differently. But I think the reaction and the willingness to learn was something that I was really, really excited about. And it, uh, it paid off in the long term. I think one thing you and I can talk about that we've seen over the last couple of years when you've been calling games with me, I think the one thing that girls might be ahead of the boys on in high school when it comes to varsity basketball is free throws. Them girls knock down oh, their no free throws. When it comes to the boys' free throws, I think they're, as you said, there's so much athleticism. They're a little bit too worried about doing other stuff. And free throws, as I say, that the one thing that's the same in third grade, rec ball and 40-plus rec ball or whatever you're doing, if there's an official out there, the free throw never, ever changes. No, I mean that's that's that you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head because I think there's more, I guess, individual skill sessions in our practice to where we do focus more on those types of things like free throw shooting and so on, and, and out of bounds plays, sideline plays, and so on and so forth. So I think yes, I I would agree with you 100 percent because I think girls they're able to 
get more opportunities at the free throw line. I mean, again, we talk about the athleticism. We talk about the up-and-down tempo of a lot of boys' games and so on and so forth. The girls are doing that now, too. I mean, if anybody watch the state finals or the semifinals, you know, with the NFHS, you can pretty much watch any game now. You're able to see that a lot of the points are taken from three-point line, but they're also taken from the free throw line. Now, I don't know what the, what the percentage would be. I don't know what the difference is, the average amount of attempts, so on and so forth. But I would say... It's not if it's not equal. I would say the girls' game was probably a little bit more ahead in terms of how many attempts they make and now, have a game, and then so on and so forth. Yeah, to get a little bit more now into the Oilers basketball season, just kind of give me your thoughts on what you thought of this Oilers girls varsity basketball season. I think for the the fact that we had one senior, and I think that we were so we weren't very deep. We were pretty thin across the board. I think it was a, a phenomenal season. I think Rachel did a wonderful job. I think collectively as a coaching staff, I think there was a lot of things to be positive moving forward about because, I mean, we, we lose one student athlete, Maddie Mullen, who had a wonderful senior year. Uh, we were missing one of our better players this year in Keelan Wheaton. She'll be back next year. We had a couple of sophomores starting. We had a, a freshman starting. Uh, so I, I think I think certainly the, the sky's the limit. The future is very bright for us. Katie Shell's back next year. Lakey Carr is back next year. Autumn McIntyre is back next year. Jordan Eggers back next year. The affirmation Keelan Wheaton will be back. We had a very successful JV team, a very competitive freshman team. So, really, it's going to come down to how much they want to work in the offseason to get better. But I think if anyone saw some of our games, we were 7-14, and 14, but five, six of those games, we were up at halftime or we had a lead in the fourth quarter, and maybe sometimes experience or senior leadership maybe determined kind of the outcome of the game. But you got to be happy. I mean, we beat a Flint Powers team who was very good. We beat a Morley Sandwich team who played Kent City down to the wire who was playing for a state championship today. So I think you, you could see that there's definitely something brewing on the horizon for our girls' basketball program. It, now it's just a question of getting in the gym after spring break here in a couple of weeks and being able to continue to bridge that gap and to kind of inch closer and closer to our goal, which is to compete for a Saginaw Battle League championship and to compete for district championships because Midland Dow's losing a lot. Um, Midland's going to be good next year. Western's going to be good, but I think we're kind of on the we're on the upslope, if you will, in terms of getting better and kind of cementing ourselves as a a force in the state of Michigan, hopefully in the Central Michigan area. Yeah, you talk about that tough schedule you guys play. There's Dow, there's Midland, there's some Saginaw Heritage. Not quite what they've been the last few years, but some really established programs. And you guys is kind of stole my next question here. I say you guys are in the best spot I think I've seen for girls hoops coming back next year. You mentioned the players: Shell back, Wheaton back off of injury, McIntyre back, Lake and Carr back, Mackenzie Egger back. I mean, you guys got or not? You got, I mean, not Mackenzie Egger, Jordan Egger back. You nice. wish Mackenzie was back again. Yeah, it'd be great to see the two of those out there, two of those Egger girls out there playing. But yeah, can you remember a time going back through? I mean, Mount Pleasant's had some very successful. Uh, programs some years or whatever with some of the great players they've had but have you remember a stacked lineup like this coming back this is pretty much a starting five that you got coming back no the only thing i can think of is when vicky crapel and sally trombley played together and that's 20 plus years ago but in terms of no i really can't because and we're young too and i think this is a, a group that has wanted to play together for a long time and i'm really eager and excited about kind of where the, the direction is going and all those five players that you mentioned I mean you basically you take Maddie out you insert Keelan next year as of right now I think on paper you would look at that as our starting lineup and then you bring some of the JV girls up some of the, the other girls on varsity this year that played 
And you really don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Somebody might transfer in. You never know who's going to be part of your program next year other than what you have now. So you're hopeful that uh, this group decides that they collectively want to work hard. They want to put the effort into it. And I, I mean, I think with Katie Shell, I think we have a diamond in the rough. I think we have someone who could be extremely dominant, and she showed that in some of the games this year. There was a couple of games where she had 15 to 20 rebounds. I think it was four that she had at least 15 rebounds. She's tall. She's long. She's athletic. She's pretty pretty witty about herself, and she's a son, or she's a daughter of a coach. Excuse me. She's a daughter of you know Danny Shell. Yep. Um, so and her mom Amy was a heck of an athlete in high school. So. I think, you know, it kind of starts there. And then you've got Jordan, who's got pretty good genes. You've got Autumn, who's the, the daughter of a coach. You've got Lakin, who's the daughter of a coach. you got Keelan, who's the daughter of a coach. So these <laughs> girls have all been in the gym now since they were knee-high to a tadpole, since they were able to get into a gym. So And they and they like being there. I mean, I, I see Autumn and Lakin in the weight room every day after school now before softball practice because they're trying to get themselves better. They're trying to get themselves physically ready. I think mentally they have the – capacity to be pretty good too and now it's just doing the work it's, it's it's the spring season it's the summer season of the open gyms and the summer leagues and the summer camps and then it's the fall sports and and, and tying that everything in to the fall season and getting ready for the winter season which next year from what i understand we might have 22 games now so we're, we're definitely going to have our work cut out for us but i think this is a group that's going to be ready for it i know rachel jason and myself are excited and eager about things it's just going to come down to how much the girls are going to be willing to put the work in moving forward. Time to take a little break here on Spock Sports Show when we come back and chat a little bit more about Bubba with what he's got coming up with golf and then we're going to get into what happened with our other four ultra-local teams as their girls' high school basketball season's ended. Kind of put a cap and a bow on that. Next week, boys basketball. More Bubba coming up on Spock Sports Show. Buck 92. Thanks for tuning in to Spox Sports Show on WMMI. Welcome back on in to Spox Sports Show. I'm Buck92. If you missed the first half of it, talking with Bubba McLean about girls' high school hoops at Mount Pleasant. And now going to get a little bit of what he's got coming up with boys' high school golf at Mount Pleasant. We'll get into those other teams, too. I might catch up with some of our other girls' basketball coaches here in the next couple weeks. Is kind of at the doldrums of high school sports right now before spring really kicks up in a month or so. So we'll kind of do a you know look back at basketball for the next few weeks. So we'll do a big look at boys next week. I said maybe some more girls' stuff coming up after that if we can catch up with some of our local coaches. Coaches. But here's the rest of mine and Bubba's interview talking about Mount Pleasant Golf. We, we lost a really good golfer last year in Daniel Forsyth, who's now at the University of Michigan as a, as a student. Uh, really, really good player. I had a whole one last year, so he's tough to replace, but I've got everybody else back. Um, I've got Walker Levy, who is going to be a senior. Aiden White, who's going to be a senior. Uh, we were very, very fortunate when CMU hired um, Tony Barbie as their men's basketball coach. Well, his son's a pretty good golfer. He's a heck of a basketball player, as you saw but he's a phenomenal golfer, too. He was a low 80s, high 70s kid down in Kentucky last year. So he showed me a couple things um, that I wasn't expecting. So I think from a standpoint, we have we have 18 kids that are coming out this year. Uh, I'll probably get down to 10 to 12 kids on the varsity. Unfortunately, we don't have a JV team right now just because our numbers have been low. But hopefully this continues to improve the numbers so we're able to eventually have a JV team. But we have a stacked schedule. I mean, we play some phenomenal events, some phenomenal courses. Uh, we have our two-day event, the weekend of Mother's Day, um, at uh, Bucks Run and the Pole Cab. But it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, I don't know what the Saginaw Valley is going to be because you never know what power. You never know who they're going to have from year in and year out so they're able to get different student-athletes into that school. But Midland will be good. Midland Dow will be good. Grant Blank will be good. So 
it's just it's exciting for me because I have so much um, returning talent. And I think for the first time, uh, especially because of COVID, I had a couple of kids who weren't able to have a uh, whether a freshman or a sophomore year. They're all kind of coming into their own, which is going to help me tremendously because I don't have to worry about them. I can work with some of the younger kids. I got a couple of sophomores who could be pretty good for us and, and a couple of juniors as well. So I'm really, really excited about the future of Mount Pleasant Golf, and I think this year we're going to kind of take that next step forward. All right, and if somebody wants to go watch you guys, I imagine you can find your schedule at mhsa.com and also go to the Mount Pleasant Public Schools page. You could find it there. But you guys are playing out. You guys are out at the Polecat, correct? Correct, yeah. We actually host the Saginaw Valley League Jamboree this year, and then we also have a two-day event, like, like I said, this Mother's Day weekend. So we have a couple opportunities for people to come out and watch us. I mean, it's tough to get people to come out because they're all-day events. They start in the morning during the week, so it's hard. But I, I'm, I'm hoping that we get more people out, especially to our two-day event, which is a Friday, Saturday, Mother's Day weekend. Um, the first day is Bucks Run. The second day is the Polecat. So great courses. It's, it's just a great venue to be able to showcase kind of some of the talent that we have in the state of Michigan, but then also showcase two of the better golf courses, in my opinion, in the state of Michigan and Bucks Run and Polka. All right, Bob, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking some time to chat with me, man. You got it. I appreciate you guys, what you do, and uh, thank you for covering our sports here in uh, the Central Michigan area. Not a problem, Bubba. That tells you a little bit about the guy that Bubba is. He's thanking me after he took some time out of his busy schedule to do an interview with me for my show. Just a uh, great guy, great coach. Appreciate all the time that he takes to help me cover high school sports here in the mid-Michigan area whenever we're doing Mount Pleasant and whenever I need to catch up on some local stuff here on Spock Sports Show. And to kind of put a bow on our girls' high school basketball season, let's first start talking, well, not talking about, but telling you, West Bloomfield won the Division I state championship. It was Detroit Edison taking home the Division II state championship. Ypsilanti Arbor Prep winning the D3 state championship. And the most local school we pretty much had left, Fowler, won the D4 state championship. And that was the team that knocked out Sacred Heart Academy. If you heard the interview with a week or two ago with myself and Damon Brown, we said whoever won between them and Saginaw Novell was going to go on and win. Well, surely enough, that did happen. Well, the last thing I want to do is kind of talk about where all of our ultra-local teams finish with this girls' high school basketball season. You heard myself and Bubba talking about what happened with Mount Pleasant. If you missed that interview, you can find Spock Sports Show podcast well, everywhere you find your podcast. Mount Pleasant Cigarette Academy girls probably had the best season of any of our local teams. Them and Coleman both finished 17-5. Coleman got the co-conference championship, but it was Sacred Heart taking home a district championship. They ultimately fell that state champ Fowler, as you heard me mention moments ago. Beale City Lady Aggies, they finished the season at 4-16, but a very very young team. They could be a team to be reckoned with next year, the year after that, or they got a great group of freshmen. They're going to be seniors in a few years. Watch out for them. Claire Pioneers girls basketball team finished 12 and 10 on the year. Their season was ended by Standish Sterling Central. They finished 8 and 6 overall in the Jack Pine Conference. Right behind them, well, a couple games behind them was our Lady Blue Jays of Shepherd, who finished the season at 7 and 13. Their season was ended by a really good belding team. There's kind of a bow on our girls high school basketball season. Like I said, Mike up with some more coaches in the next couple weeks. Kind of put more of a shine on some of our local teams like we did Mount Pleasant today. But next week, we're going to also take a deep dive into boys' high school loops and how things finished up with them. Thanks so much for tuning in to Spock Sports Show here on the all-new Buck 92. Same place, same time next week, 6.30 a.m. We're going to close things off with This Week in High School Sports with John Ross. An unbelievable diving score sets all kinds of records and some fantastic finishes on the ice. It's all next on This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. I'm John Ross, and welcome to This Week in High School Sports.
They'll walk into the far side circle. Send it around the boards near corner. Haydu picks it up. Haydu fires through traffic. Rebound. Lee loads it there. They score. They score. Hartland scores. They win the championship. On the rebound, Miklos couldn't control it. And Hartland banks it home. The Eagles fly high. Three minutes and 22 seconds into the overtime period. They bang home a rebound that Miklos couldn't control. And Hartland is number one. That was John Krieger of the MHSAA Championship Network on the call as an overtime goal from Ian Castamo propelled Hartland to the Division II hockey title. The Eagles beat Trenton 3-2 in OT after beating Marquette in overtime in the semifinals. The title is Hartland's third in the last five years. In Division III, Midland Dow won its first MHSAA hockey championship by knocking off Orchard Lake St. Mary's 2-0 in the finals. Colin Lemansky was the star for Dow, stopping all 32 of the shots he faced. Dow beat Calumet 4-3 in the semifinals to advance to the championship game at USA Hockey Arena in Plymouth. And in Division I, Detroit Catholic Central wins its third straight title by beating Brighton 5-1. CC and Brighton have combined to win the last 10 Division I titles, and this is the fifth time during that stretch they have met in the championship game, with CC now owning a 3-2 advantage. For more on a great weekend of hockey in Plymouth, please check out secondhalf.mhsaa.com. Game balls this week go to Morgan Ruffing of the Livonia Red Co-op Gymnastics Team. She finished first all around in the Division I Individual Finals with a total score of 37.525. Morgan finished in the top five in all four events. Anna Tracy of Rockford, she finished first all around in the Division II Individual Gymnastics Finals. She was first on the beam and second on bars and notched a total score of 36.325. And to the Rockford Gymnastics team. The Rams won the team championship at the 2022 Gymnastics Finals. Grand Ledge finished second. Need money for college? You need My Student Aid. My Student Aid is the go to resource that helps Michigan families find money to pay for college. Plus, they'll guide you through the financial aid process and answer any questions you have. For grants, scholarships, and more, connect with My Student Aid helping make college affordable for everyone. Learn more at michigan.gov slash mistudentaid. Our weekly Be the Referee feature takes a look at the fine art of officiating with the MHSAA's Sam Davis. When watching a college or NBA game, the last two minutes of the game can seem like it takes forever, especially in recent years where more and more judgment calls made by officials are subject to instant replay. At the high school level, video is not used to make a ruling or confirm or overturn a call made during the course of the contest. The only time video review is used in basketball at the high school level is at the MHSAA semi and final games. In these games, video review can be used only to determine if a shot was released in time at the end of the fourth quarter or overtime, or if that shot was a two-point or three-point field goal attempt. MHSAA believes that this very limited use of replay in these games, at the very end of the tournament series in boys and girls basketball, is the right call. Thanks, Sam. You can be a referee. Just go to MHSAA.com now to register. In the pool, the Division I Lower Peninsula Swim and Dive Championship was won by Ann Arbor Pioneer. In Division II, the title goes to Ann Arbor Skyline, and in Division Three to East Grand Rapids. 
But the story of the day was diver Charlie Bayer. His score of 590.85 broke every record imaginable. He set a new all-class, all-division finals record, a new Calvin University pool record, and the previous mark was held by former Olympic silver medalist and University of Michigan All-American Bruce Kimball back in 1981. Bayer will dive for the University of South Carolina next season. For more, please check out secondhalf.mhsaa.com. You've been listening to This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, a production of the MHSAA Network. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Ross, and we'll see you next week. Remember, we got more championship basketball coming up Saturday morning on Buck 92 with the boys' championships, the Class A and the Class D state final. See you next week here on Spock Sports Show, Buck 92.